Welcome back to our living room and to the Life of Garrity podcast. This week, we're talking about how to move the needle with biohacking. All right, so this week's episode will be a little bit more tactical and really talking about the specifics of my journey and hoping that this will bring you some value and give you some ideas of things that you could try on for size. And again, none of these are going to be a life-changing tactic. You know, these are all just something that you could try on and say, good for you, not for me. So I need to start off by saying I am obviously not a doctor or a specialist in any way whatsoever. This is not my profession. And you should definitely talk to your doctor before implementing any of this, right? Is that what they say typically on podcasts? What I am is an adult woman in my 30s learning how to navigate life with two chronic diseases. I use a blend of Eastern and Western medicine. And today's goal really is just to tell you about what I've tried and what still works for me today. And, you know, from a perspective of not like, hey, this is going to change your life, but just like, hey, these are some of the things that I think are helpful and whether or not they they work for you, I don't know. You're going to have to try it out. And I don't know about you, but I don't really want to hear from doctors and experts about my physical condition who haven't experienced what I'm going through. Like if you haven't stood in my shoes, then the information doesn't have as much weight. And maybe it's because I spent so many years doing all of that research. And, you know, so so maybe that is still helpful for some people. But for me, I want to hear from someone who has a stressful job, who is, you know, just trying to survive every day and, and just trying to live a really awesome life and, and is living in this modern world. And like I said last week, isn't like a monk living at the top of a mountain. No, I want to know what you're doing right now and like tell me the real life. Tell me the real, real, you know? That's what's interesting to me. So hopefully you find this interesting too. And I will break this out into a few different categories. So the first category is parasympathetic nervous system. I find the most benefit when I'm able to dip into that parasympathetic nervous system. Like that's where my body's going to heal. And when I'm spending way too much time in the sympathetic nervous system, my nervous system just gets completely shot and and fried. And I am not able to, I mean, being someone with chronic disease, like I feel it quick, you know, like as soon as I veer off, fall off the beam, I like I'm, I'm going to have a, a physical reaction. <laughs> it's not great guys it's really not great but you have to be like super duper in tune and Ryan has to go on that roller coaster with me all the time because he is uh obligated by you know legally obligated to do that so then this next topic we'll talk about is nutrition and I won't really deep dive into that too much like that could be a whole like 10 episode series on all of the shenanigans that I've tried over the years. But I just, I don't know that you guys care that much. And if if someone reaches out and says, hey, I want to hear that. If one person reaches out and is interested, then absolutely I will dive into that. But today I'll just give you kind of an overview. 
And then lifestyle, that's the last category that we'll cover. So first, let's dive into the parasympathetic nervous system. So I mentioned last week that when I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's, that's really when I started learning about this. And I knew, like, I knew that my job was stressful and, you know, that, that like that just, it is what it is and knew that I was going to have to find a way to de-stress myself in, in other ways. And, um, I've tried a lot of stuff. So the first thing I want to talk about is the diaphragm and, you know, in therapy, one of the tools that they give you is, you know, deep breathing. I'd always really heard about that, but I'd never understood it until I saw a pelvic floor PT for the first time. This was probably, I want to say it was December. Yeah, so it was about four years ago, I guess. That's a long time. So about four years ago, I was having, uh, well, I think it's only ladies that listen to this podcast. I was peeing during uh, double unders. So if you're a CrossFitter, you know what that is. I was having a hard time with that and it just, it kept getting worse and worse. And I thought, you know, I feel, it really feels like there's something wrong here. So I went to see a pelvic floor PT and she taught me so much. So everything she taught me, I'm going to teach you really quickly. I'm going to give you the cliff notes. So number one, I was a gymnast as a kid and she said, gymnasts and dancers are, um, the most susceptible to this because we have so much impact at such a young age. And one of the other things that happens is that we build a significant amount of abdominal muscles at a very young age. So uh, what happens or the way she described it in my in my case was that the fascia around my rib cage and the top portion of my abdominal wall, that fascia was so stiff and so tight that it had in in theory glued my abdominal muscles to my diaphragm and therefore my diaphragm was not able to fully engage. Wow, that was a lot. And I'm so grateful to have met her and learned all of that at that time because it really was life-changing for me. And uh, I still go back and forth with you know, trying to loosen up the uh, the fascia around my diaphragm. But then right around that same time is when I heard about BirthFit. I had found their podcast because the fe- founder, Lindsay K. Matthews, was interviewed on another podcast that I was listening to at the time. And I deep dove into their podcast and just absolutely fell in love with the company. That taught me a lot about the diaphragm and the abdominal wall and like how all of this should be functioning. And also when it comes to, if you are a, if you're doing functional fitness, one of the things is that you're breathing heavy. And if you're not fully engaging your diaphragm, you're not able to get as much oxygen as, as you maybe could otherwise. But then also you have like a compromised core in this way. And now you're not just having a hard time like I've always struggled with my squat and you're not not only having a hard time with that but you're loading it so now you have this compromised position and then you're putting load on that and then you're you know putting like many repetitions to that so anyway it was just it was it was a perfect storm of a bunch of different stuff so I went to her for I don't I don't remember how long a couple of months and I learned a ton of information and then you know when I found BirthFit I really started kind of subscribing more to the uh the functional progressions that I mentioned in last week's episode so again highly highly recommend that if you're like hey I feel like I have some work to do with my pelvic floor that is a really great thing and then also I did see 
I was having a lot of trouble again with my pelvic floor and saw a new therapist right before COVID started. So I only got to see her a few times. But another thing, pause for the sirens. So another thing that she had taught me was, and this was a contrary to what I had always heard in yoga, but what she said was, you know, a lot of times our... Uh, our pelvic floor, it's not that our pelvic floor is weak. It's that it's constantly stressed and and like tense and overworked. So it's just that it's tired. So one of the ways to relax is she had given me a bunch of exercises. And part of that was on the in-breath is when you want to release your pelvic floor. And then on the out-breath is when you kind of visualize your pelvic floor retracting back. So that was the opposite of what I had always heard in yoga, like inhale and then exhale and let it all go, right? So that kind of, uh, one of the first things that she had me work on was really, what did she call it? She called it coordination, coordinating your breath with the relaxation of your pelvic floor. Anyway, that was a lot of information. I don't know if any of that was beneficial, but we'll keep moving on. So then why this, how this is all connected to the parasympathetic nervous system is that Deep breathing through the diaphragm is the quickest way to get there, you know? So then uh, also I talked last week about that book called Desk Bound by Kelly Starrett. And when I had read that, that was also like I'd kind of known that, but I didn't know like the bigger picture of how all of it's connected. Actually, I still have the book. I would love to read it again because it's been a lot of years since I've read it. But it was so fascinating to hear like, okay, I'm going to sit in a chair that's going to compromise my diaphragm. Now my organs aren't going to be able to get all of the, uh, you know, now my organs are squished and they're not going to be able to work as optimally as they could. And then uh, my body's not getting as much oxygen as it could. And like, there's all these really wild things that you just wouldn't think about from sitting, from sitting all day. It's, it's wild. Anyway, Moving on. Okay, so body work. Let's talk a little bit about that. I We have a really good friend of ours who is a massage therapist, and she has been doing home massage for us for like probably five years now, and we are believers. We've had like a couple of times where we took, you know, several months off, but for the most part, she's been coming, coming to our house once a month for a really long time, and I am beyond grateful for her. And actually, a few months ago, I started – doing every other week. Ryan still does once a month, but I do every other week. And I can't tell you how big of a change, like that made such a difference for me. And uh, especially during this time, you know, 2020 has been really weird. I have a lot of uh, other stressors in my life right now. And it's just made a really, really big difference for me. So if that's something you're into, cool. I also know people who like don't like that. They're like, I don't want somebody touching me. And I get that too. So try it on for size. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Another thing is uh, kind of along similar lines is that recently I've gotten really into gua sha. And I, I got the tools from Wildling. And if you ever followed uh, Britta, Britta Plug, she is one of the co-founders of that company. And then also she was a, 
uh, founder of a really awesome studio in Manhattan that she decided to close after COVID, but she now has some online programs that are really great. So I do one of her uh, monthly subscription programs and she uploads all of these really cool videos about different ways to use gua sha to enhance your life and I love it. So huge fan of that. Honestly, I don't know that the program is open anymore. I think it was kind of a, she only opens the doors during certain, certain time periods, but you could always try to check it out. It's called Sovereign Beauty. I only know that because I have a tab saved on, on my, in my Chrome window <laughs> for that. Okay. So next up, acupuncture. I loved doing acupuncture but here's the deal. I started it when we still lived in Hoboken and it was, the place was close enough that I could either walk or ride my bike. And I really did love it. The thing was they wanted me to come in like two or three times a week. And I was like, I can't, I mean, A, that's a huge time commitment. B, the money commitment was a lot. And I just didn't feel, I didn't, at that time is when I had just, I think I had just started biologic treatments or maybe I was just about to I don't remember the time frame but I remember feeling a lot of judgment for you know the situation that I was in I don't know if judgment's the right word but I definitely felt like a lot of kind of like weirdness and at the time I was also on like I and I still am and have been forever a lot of herbal supplements with my naturopath so I was like well I'm not going to take the supplements that you're asking like she asked me to bring in a list of all the supplements I was on and I was like buckle up because this is a lot. So that was kind of hard to navigate just the, you know, finding how that could fit into what I already had going on. I have a friend, a good friend of mine who goes to a place in in Jersey City that's just down the street from me. And every couple of months, I will look up her website. And I'm really interested in, so if I ever decide to go back to acupuncture, I'm going to check her out because my friend raves about her and she's all about blending Western and Eastern medicine. So I think that will be a more welcoming and inviting experience for me. But I did feel like it helped me get into that parasympathetic state for show. So then therapy, of course. I mean, that's going to help, you know, that's going to kind of help clean up some of some of the past trauma and and really like helps help you sink into what is, right? And along those same lines, using things like meditation. I've used a bunch of different meditation apps over the years, but the last two and a half years, I've been using one called Expectful and I love it. It's actually for women who are um, trying to conceive or are pregnant or postpartum, but I just love it because the focus is really on the mind-body connection and that's what I need. So I recommend it to everybody. I think it's a great, great app. And, uh, and then of course there's journaling, setting intentions and, you know, anything seeking any kind of like spiritual path that you're into full moon meditations, burning sage, burning Palo Santo, you know, what, whatever's gonna kind of just relax you and, and help you get into that parasympathetic state. So also I'll talk about dry brushing. I do dry brushing pretty frequently. I would say before almost every shower but definitely before every time I take a bath I take a ton of Epsom salt baths and I'll give you a pro tip so I actually buy the Epsom salts that I use I buy in a 19 pound bag because you're going to want to use like 
two cups at least for each bath, maybe more. So you're using a ton. So I keep, I have like a, I went to Target one time and got this trash can, this like metal trash can, but it's like cute and kind of decorative. Fill that with the Epsom salts and that sits next to my bathtub. So it's like a really easy transition. And then I have my dry brush there. I have my my beauty counter blend, cleansing balm. Like I have, I have my candles, I have matches, uh, you know, I have some essential oils. I have everything that I need to like create this luxurious experience for me all right there. Super convenient. Put in your Epsom salts, but then sprinkle in a little bit of something fun. And there's some, there's a ton of brands out there, but I'll tell you real talk. I've tried them all. And my two favorites are herbivore and primally pure. So from herbivore, it's the coconut milk one. And then from primally pure, I think it's called Flower Bath. It's the pink one. But both of those, like they're pricey, but they're a really great value when you only use a sprinkle of it, which honestly, you only need a sprinkle of either of those because they're both so powerful. So keep that in mind that you don't have to, you know, buy a bunch of this like these bath products and be careful. Like you got to read the labels on that stuff because a lot of what you buy at the store, even at Whole Foods, like Whole Foods has disappointed me a few times in that realm. You really want to make sure that there's nothing like no artificial fragrances or anything yucky like that. So keep it super simple. Next up, of course, taking rest when you need it, saying no when you need to, but that's a whole other thing. You might have to work through that in therapy like I am. And, uh, oh, and then I'll also talk about cycle syncing is another thing. I guess that could be more considered under the lifestyle section, but I have it under this because when I'm able to plan my life around my cycle, I'm able to utilize that like taking rest when I need it because I'm building it in. Like I have to, I have to build it in. And one thing I did uh, a couple weeks ago is that I sat down and looked at the rest of my 2020 and figured out okay, when am I getting a facial? When am I getting a wax? When am I treating myself to different self-care appointments? And then kind of planning around like, okay, that week I'm going to be on my cycle. Like where am I going to be at my cycle during each one of those? Because my first day or two of my cycle, no plans. I cannot leave the house. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm sinking in, I'm lighting candles. I'm freaking watching a Hallmark movie. I'm drinking hot chocolate. So I have, you know, and I don't always do great at that. Like last month didn't do great. I think I talked about that a couple episodes ago. I'm just really hit an all time low in my life. But anyway, you could try reading the book Do Less by Kate Northrup and then also finding an app where you can log your cycle. And right now I'm using Flow, F-L-O. My friend Laura told me about that one. And I would say that's probably one of my favorites so far. But I've used Clue. I've used my flow. Some of them are really cool because your partner can download the app and then you can send an invitation so they can see what is going on with your cycle. Like they can kind of prepare, you know? Uh, yin yoga. Okay, so the last part about this is instead of lifestyle, I have this under the category of parasympathetic nervous system. And here is why. When I, I had done some yin yoga back when I lived in Aspen, but it was different. The spirit of it was different. And when I, at one point, I bounced around to a bunch of different studios when I lived in Hoboken. And I eventually found one where I met a teacher named Luciana, who I've talked about before. I do now she does all of her classes on Zoom, which is amazing because she moved to Austin, Texas, which was heartbreaking. But I did a yin yoga training with her. 
uh, almost two years ago. It was a great, great experience. But anyway, when I found her, I was introduced to a completely different world of yin yoga. And at the time, I was doing a lot of CrossFit and I, you know, when I said last week when I talked about Bikram and how I was like really into it and then I slowly kind of that dissipated from my life and I started doing just heated vinyasa. Well, I was into it, you guys. Like I was into it and I loved like the harder the class, the better. Well, at some point I found a different studio in Hoboken and I found Luciana and started taking her classes and I was like, wait a minute, the harder is not the better. Like this is what my body's at. My body is asking for this yin. And really all it is, is you're holding poses to gently release the fascia. That's it. It's super simple. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And the whole idea of loosening, stretching, releasing fascia just became like a really, really important part of my life. And it still is today. I have certainly, you know, during COVID, I have not been doing as much yin as I would have liked. And my body felt it. Like I, it, it took a huge toll on my overall well-being. But when I am, something else that I think is really cool is that it's like a muscle. It is a muscle that you are working. And when I am like really working that yin yoga muscle and that parasympathetic state muscle, I can get into that state easier. So what I mean is in those cases, I'm going to get in the bath and I'm going to turn on my meditation app and I'm going to just slip into that state. I'm going to slip into that flow state. Like I'm just there. And same with yin yoga. I know I'm in trouble when I do a class and I can't slip into that state. I just can't get there, you know, which has happened a lot frequently. And I'm hoping to kind of get myself back in there, you know, but I know when I'm on the beam, I know when my nervous system is happy because I start a yin yoga class, Luciana starts talking and I'm just, I'm out and I'm in my body and I'm feeling it and I'm just like, I'm there. So that's something too, to, you know, whatever, whatever you try to, to implement into your life to dip into that parasympathetic state, whatever it is, you'll start like it's going to get easier and easier and easier to do. And in the beginning, it's going to be really, really hard. And eventually it just gets easier and easier. Okay, nutrition, we're going to rapid fire through this. So I have done paleo. I have done AIP, which is the autoimmune paleo protocol. And currently I am doing low histamine. So low histamine diet is super duper restrictive. It is intended to kind of help you get through, get out of ruts and I'm coming out of a rut. So I have been pretty strict on my histamine, although I started incorporating chocolate back in about a month ago. So, you know, it's kind of, it ebbs and flows, you know, every once in a while I still get a migraine and then I'm like, dang it. I can usually trace it back and be like, okay, like here's some things and and here's some things I could do to, to support myself in the future. So I still do keep a close eye on that. And we are paleo in some ways. We do still have some dairy, Ryan more so than me. And then we do also have, uh, we eat rice. Uh, What else do we eat that's not paleo? I guess that's, gosh, maybe that's it. I don't know. And of course I do have, like I love a a good gluten-free brownie or a gluten-free muffin or cookie or whatever. So uh, we're not perfect by any means. But I do try to, you know, do some of those. Like, So my diet is kind of a mixture of all those things. And then also when it comes to herbal supplements, I do take a, a histamine balance support. And then I also do have Seeking Health, which is Dr. Ben Lynch's 
supplement company, he has some awesome supplements for histamine intolerance. So shoot me a message if if you're like, hey, that's me. I'll I'll share with you everything that I know and and all of the things that I take because he has some really incredible stuff on his website. And his stuff is super affordable, you guys. Considering the high level of quality, his stuff is is affordable. It's not like gonna be like four hundred dollars for a bottle of of you know some kind of supplement. Uh, but he does have one one of them is called histamine block. And all it is is just say uh, it helps your your Dow enzymes like break down the histamine. So I'm not a scientist. And I don't know the science behind that, but I trust it and it works. I also take those with me a ton while I'm traveling because I often will find myself in a situation where I'm like, well, I'm going to ha- I don't really have a choice here. So let me support myself in a different way. OK, herbal supplements. I use a lot of products from Four Sigmatic, uh, drink a lot of herbal teas. Right now, I'm obsessed with the company Republic of Tea and their flavor nettle tea. It has vanilla and peppermint in it, I think. Oh my gosh. It's really, really good. Oh, if you're like, hey, I want to take my vitamins, but I have a hard time remembering, use a pill organizer. Ryan and I both use this. And then once a week you sit down, you fill out your Monday through Friday, and then you're done and you don't have to worry about it. So do whatever you can to like support yourself and make it freaking easy. And then as far as the like specific supplements that I take from my natural path, I'm not going to dive into that because that is specific to me and my health conditions. You know what I mean? But a lot of it is adrenal support, cortisol support, stress support, liver support. I take selenium for thyroid health. You know, there's just a lot of things that, you know, that are focused around. It's mostly focused around uh, Hashimoto's and, and supporting external stressors. And then the last thing I'll say too is Beekeepers Naturals. We use their honey and we love their propolis spray. We both, Ryan and I both use that pretty much daily. And that is a big game changer for me. So hydration, going back to Kelly Sturette, I heard him years ago in an interview say, if you just sprinkle a little bit of salt in your water, your body will actually absorb the minerals from the water. And I was like, what? That is nuts. So here's a couple other ways to do that that are not salt. Rob Wolf came out with this awesome company called Element, L-M-N-T. And they're just these little like single serving packets of magnesium. And it has a bunch of stuff to just help with hydration, particularly if, oh, I forgot to mention keto. Ryan is still pretty much keto. I'm not so much anymore, but you know, compared to somebody eating a standard American diet, they would look at what we eat and they're like, well, shit, that's keto for sure. So anyway, this is particularly powerful for people who are on a keto diet, but I use it daily. I, okay. So here's the thing though. Pro tip, don't start with a very, very small amount because it is salty. It's essentially making your water salty and, uh, plus a bunch of other minerals. So start with just a little tiny bit and then kind of work your way up from there. And now I think it tastes delicious. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is a lot. Okay, noon tablets, we use those a lot when we're traveling. The only thing is be careful because they do have citric acid in them. So if that's something that you react to, that is something that I look for on labels. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, F it. I want this, whatever this delicious thing is. But for the most part, I try to not 
uh, have citric acid just because it's made from, what is it, like moldy corn or something? It's just, it's weird. And then the last thing for hydration is trace mineral drops. Now, again, start super slow. If you put them in your water, your water is going to have kind of like a strange taste or a strange texture. But what I do with that is I put them in a mocktail. So I'll do like some seltzer, a little bit of tart cherry juice, and then some lime and trace mineral drops or something like that. Like you can make, you can add it to whatever drink you want. I wouldn't put it in coffee. I feel like that is a little risky, but you know, you can feel free to put it in any other kind of water that you want. And then that brings me to magnesium. That's another thing that people always say that we're super devoid of. And, you know, of course I take a lot of Epsom salt baths, but also I've heard that taking a magnesium supplement the week before phase one of your menstrual cycle could be helpful. I go back and forth sometimes. If I remember to do it, then I do. If I don't, then I don't. I would recommend the one from Seeking Health. And then also I do have uh, magnesium spray. I don't remember the name of that brand, but if you Google it, it's probably like the first one that comes up. And I do spray magnesium on the bottoms of my feet and then put socks on before bed. I try to do that like the week before my period. Do I always remember? Absolutely not. But when I do, it's great. And then they're also that same brand also makes a magnesium lotion, but I've never tried the lotion. Okay, now we're going to dive into lifestyle. Let's see what our time check is. Let's wrap this up. We'll wrap this up real quick. So lifestyle, safer products. You can go back and listen to episode 11 through 13. We talk all about the safer products that we use. But if you read the book that I talked about last week, Dirty Jeans, Dr. Ben Lynch talks a ton about that and how these, you know, endocrine disruptors, like how they have a huge impact on how our genes express and I'm just so fascinated behind with like that whole the science behind that. I, I think I think it's really, really neat. Um, okay, water purification. This one is tough, you guys. I live in New Jersey. It's super pop uh, you know, populated here and just there's a lot of pollution. It's just not it's not great. So for our drinking water, we use a Berkey. We have the big Berkey. And it is kind of a pain. You have to like refill it all the time. But honestly, over time, you get used to it. We've probably had ours for maybe three years and you just get used to it and it becomes a part of life and and you don't really think about it anymore. So how we have it set up where it is like on this shelving unit that's in our kitchen and depending on how your kitchen is set up, you know, you probably won't have room for it to be underneath your upper cabinet. So you'll have to find somewhere else for it to go. But they also, you can find like on Etsy or on Amazon, they have stands, like wooden stands for them. So there's a lot of options depending on the shape of your space. And then as far as the shower, there was one, we had one on our at our old apartment. And when we moved, we just tossed it. And we never did get another one, but I would like to at some point. But I have a, a a filter on the bathtub spout, and that one is from a brand. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled C U Z N. So if you just Google that, it will pop up, and it's super affordable. I want to say it's like thirty bucks, and I'm pretty sure I heard about that one from Dr. Ben Lynch's book, Dirty Jeans. And I'll tell you what, I have to replace that filter once every six months and it's disgusting. So it makes it makes you really think like, wow, so when I'm taking a shower, how disgusting is this water? 
Next up, air purification. Again, we have a lot of pollution. It's just not great, but we're doing what we can. And we do have, we splurged a while back and bought a Dyson air purifier. And we splurged and got the one that has the humidification and then uh, humidification, humidification and also cycles out or filters out the formaldehyde in it. you know, in your air, which is common in like textiles and furniture, things like that. Man, it's really interesting to see when that puppy kicks on because when the air is, has a lot of toxins in it, it like kicks up into high speed. And when we like turn on our air conditioning, that thing starts cranking and we definitely want to get, so Ryan changes the air filter in like our HVAC system once every month because it's, it's, um, uh oh, hold on a sec. Oh my gosh. I had a little bit of a recording snafu. Okay. Whoa. Where was I? We were talking about Oh, so Ryan changes the air filter once a month. When we moved in here and had like our inspection, the guy was like, oh yeah, I changed this once a quarter. No, he underestimated how polluted New Jersey is. So we have to change it like once a month and it's disgusting when we do. But either way, we want to get our ducts cleaned at some point too because like whatever's coming through there, it's just, it's not great. It's really not. But again, we're just doing the best we can with what we have. Mold is another one I'm super freaked out about all the time. And if you know a specialist in New Jersey, let me know because I really want to have somebody come in and test our water, test our house for mold. And I just have a lot of weird feelings about it, but I'm not going to dive into that. So another thing for air purification, and this is more of like a woo-woo thing, but you may have heard of like salt rocks, Himalayan salt rocks, but my mom got me one like a decade ago. She got me a tea light candle holder that is made of the salt rock. So I use that when I take a bath. And then also I, for the tea lights, I use a beeswax candle, which also cleans the air. And the brand that I highly, highly recommend is called Blue Corn. You can order direct from their website, or you can also order on Amazon. And they're just a really, really rad company. They've been around for 29 years and they're a small company in, uh, in Colorado. So, and then of course, I mean, real talk, like candles, scented candles in general are pretty toxic, but the ones that we use are from Keep and they're super legit. Those are not beeswax. Those are actually coconut wax, but they do a ton to give back to the world and they are a B Corp. So that's great. And then of course there's plants. So we have a rubber plant, a palm tree, a snake plant, and a pothos. We definitely want to get more, but at this point, uh, that's what we have. And at one point I had done like a bunch of research on which ones do what. They're all great, you know, and they really help clean the air. Although I've heard mixed reviews about that. Somebody told me that bringing plants into the house brings like a lot of other shenanigans into the house. I don't know. Who... What do you want to believe? I don't know. But I like the idea of having plants in the house and it cleaning the air. Next up are oil diffusers. I still, honestly, I don't even know where to start. I've tried so many different brands. Right now, I'm cycling back and forth between Vitruvi and Primally Pure. And I've heard great things about plant therapy, but I haven't tried them. What I've learned about myself is that if it's a situation where I have to take a bunch of different oils and combine them, I'm not going to do it. 
I'm just not. So I need to just buy pre-made blends and that's what I'm cycling through right now and I feel really good about it. So we have an oil diffuser in the uh, in the living room and then we have one in the office as well. And I think they're great when you don't want to like burn a candle, you can just turn one of those puppies on. Next up, reducing plastic. So that's another big like endocrine disruptor, of course, is all the junk that's in plastic and not only that, but the environmental uh impact it has just manufacturing and making plastic but anyway food storage we use stasher bags and we also use glass storage you can find those pretty much anywhere at this point and you know of course all of our drinkware is glass and like our water bottles are all metal or glass and uh, and then of course trying to find as many beauty products as you can that are in glass or food that comes in glass the, the last thing I'll say here is I had heard years ago that receipts like that you get from a store have a very high level of BPA in them so much so that just touching it your skin absorbs the BPA at such a high level that it it's toxic that's really scary and I learned that like three or four years ago and I went through a phase where everywhere I went I would say no I don't want a receipt and then I would just walk away so they couldn't hand me a receipt And then at some point, I don't know why, like at some point I just realized like that's kind of rude. And when I lived in Colorado, it was super easy to be like, no, I don't want a receipt because a lot of stores had a thing where you could – if you said you didn't want a receipt, they wouldn't print one. But then when I moved to New Jersey, I was like, even when I say I don't want a receipt, it still prints out. So like – what's the deal so now what I do is I kind of just grab it with my fingernails and then toss it on the way out the door but I'm really worried about all of all of the people who are working in in that position they're touching receipts nonstop all day I'm so nervous about it okay electromagnetic frequencies EMFs these are bad I know they're bad truthfully I haven't done a whole lot about it but I have learned about it and I haven't really just uh, implemented much other than reducing technology in the bedroom so I don't have my phone in the bedroom and Ryan recently stopped bringing his phone into the bedroom as well so I've also heard that you could like turn off your wi-fi and like all of it like you should turn off your wi-fi at night and all the stuff I'm sure all that's great I just haven't personally deep dove into that but maybe if that's something that interests you you could do some do some research Also, I've heard that AirPods are really bad for us and I'm just not willing to accept that quite yet because I use my AirPods every single day and I freaking love them. So, you know, with some of this stuff, it's like, you're like, all right, I'm just going to do the best I can with what I have. I'm probably like 10 years from now, we'll be like, oh my gosh, can you believe we used to use AirPods? I'm sure the technology will change and, and we'll be shocked that we ever, you know, had EMFs in our earlobes. Okay, next up, cotton. Cotton is one of the most highly sprayed crops. Also, this is not related to this, but so is coffee. So I only drink organic coffee. And when it comes to decaf, you want to make sure that your decaf is also organic and also is was decaffeinated using a Swiss water method. So just a little fun fact. But okay, so cotton. Very highly sprayed, it and when it's shipped overseas, it's covered in a bunch of chemicals so that like the mice don't eat eat them, and so we just try to choose organic cotton when possible. I buy a lot of Everlane. I uh, just recently got a robe from Marine Layer that was organic cotton, and I'm super excited about that. And then um, Pact is another brand, and then also uh, Bowl and Branch is another one that we use a lot. 
Okay, next up, another interesting thing is castor oil packs. I was introduced to that by the the acupuncturist that I mentioned, and it is interesting. I've done a lot of research on it, and I'm still on the fence about it. I do it every once in a while. I have all the stuff, but um, she actually talks about that in last week. I mentioned the uh, the book, the four phase histamine reset. She talks about castor oil. Uh, and she even says the brand that she recommends, but I don't do it regularly, but maybe I will someday. I have all the stuff. So another thing, this is hilarious. So there's a brand called Higher Dose and they came out with a sauna blanket. Now I live and die by my heat blanket. So I was like sauna blanket. That sounds like absolute heaven. So I got it and I love it. But again, it's one of those things. It was very expensive and you just have to go into it knowing it's not going to change your freaking life. And did it change my life? No, of course it didn't. Now, they just came out with a second product, which is an infrared mat. And it is even more expensive than the sauna blanket. And do I want it? Hell yeah, I do. Do I think it's going to change my life? No, I know for a fact it's not going to change my life. Am I going to buy it? I probably am. So I'll read you what the technology is so it says it's PEMF pulsed electromagnetic field technology PEMF has been scientifically proven to recharge your cells and activate your parasympathetic nervous system for a deep full body reset that doesn't require a full body cleanup I mean who doesn't want that they marketed perfectly to me and I'm like yes I'm I'm going to get that faux show So then the last thing I'll say is just movement is, you know, supposed to be really great for us. And I will say that is something that I have not done a whole lot of these days. And when I don't, I feel it. So my, my uh, naturopath had said a long time ago when I was doing a lot of CrossFit, she had recommended that after a workout, I walk home or, and I was living in Hoboken at the time. So that was a little bit easier, but she recommended going for a walk afterwards because it will calm your nervous system and part of that like flexibility is being able to uh, go from a super stressful situation like go from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic as quickly as possible right so that's something that I've loved kind of like researching and learning is like how to dip in like go from from high to low as quick as possible and actually something else I didn't I didn't mention was Ryan and I both use a whoop and that is just like another way of kind of tracking all of all of your body's uh, responses. And that tests your oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting what this is called. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so it tests your it, it gives you a number for your day strain. It gives you a number for your recovery. Oh, heart rate variability. That's what it's called. So, it tests how quickly your body can switch, can go from like high to low heart rate, you know, the the higher your heart rate variability, the better. So anyway, that's just, that's another little thing that we do. I'm sure I'm forgetting lots of stuff, but that's just, that. those are some of our thoughts. And uh, if you found this helpful, let me know. And I'm hoping that you will uh, go out and experiment, try some of the stuff on for size and Happy biohacking.
If you liked this podcast, please rate and review. And if you screenshot it and email it to us with your mailing address, we will send you a fun gift from one of our favorite companies for Sigmatic. All of this information is in the show notes. See you next week.